2: Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: DeWindy City Chicago Bears podcast. Welcome in. On the show today is Herb Howard. He's a Bears Beat reporter. He's awesome. I'm telling you, you're gonna really love this conversation. Herb has got it going on. He's the co-host of the I Said What I Said podcast. He's also a radio personality at WVON in Chicago on the old iHeartRadio and uh, on Twitter it's at HerbHoward411. Two things uh, before we get the show going. Number one, uh, the tragedy that just happened in Texas uh, is, is not surprising, which is the worst part of this. And I'm just following the conversation on social media. And it's just, for lack of a... There's just no other way to look at it. It's just straight, flat, depressing. Uh, No one has any confidence that anything is going to change. And we all know uh, that things need to change. But uh, I, I honestly think that what needs to be done is more videos of parents and... Uh, It's just, it's a terrible thing to say, but does there need to be pictures of the children? Not just actual 10 year old school pictures, but what it looks like after one of these things happened for people to actually see it. Uh, The amount of pressure that needs to be put on our public officials has to be beyond extreme. Beyond extreme. Um, So just, 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 just straight awful, uh, as we all know. Um, so Herb and I had a good episode, and it came before uh, they allowed the media to go to OTAs for a day. So uh, we got there, and we saw Tevin Jenkins was presented to the media. Tevin is impressive right now. He's lost twenty pounds, down from three forty-five to three twenty-five. His body fat is down from 33 to 24. He's doing Pilates, which is not easy to do. I actually asked him about it. I'm like, is that torture for you, doing Pilates, or do you actually somehow enjoy it? And then he looks at me. He's like, you ever done Pilates? And I kind of lied to Tevin Jenkins. I have not done Pilates. I've done yoga. To me, it's kind of the same thing. I despise yoga, but feel great after I do it, right? think anybody who's done yoga can relate to that I don't know how anybody enjoys any of those things do you like stretching no I don't it's painful it's miserable but I do it because I want to play the sports that I love to play or I just want my body to feel good and be able to walk around period but good on Tevin man he's also cutting out carbs from his diet uh I don't know fully but he said he's beer's gone mac and cheese rice so getting healthy, commitment on and off the field. Good for you, Tevin Jenkins, moving over to right tackle. And I just, uh, you know, it's interesting, Justin Fields speaking. We're going to talk a ton about that on this episode, so I won't overspeak that right now. But Fields to bleach report, and he's all up on how his experience last year was not great and things are better now. So on that note, let's actually get into it. The Windy City Chicago Bears podcast starts right now showtime I think borderline best friends of anyone in the media with Matt Eberflus. Herb, you 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 uh you had a moment there with with, with I do do, do you? I, I I'm gonna set this up. Uh, I'm I'm not doing a great job setting this up, but we're gonna play a little sound clip of you and Flus last week. But uh, you asked him about the schedule. He said he didn't care about the schedule, and then uh, there was some banter with the media, and then afterwards, the fluce came up to you and said hello, and, and you got you had a moment with the fluce. I was super jealous. So congrats.
0: <laughs> no, nah, it was pretty cool, I man. I had a question for him about the schedule, and he kind of snapped, and it was like, I don't care about the schedule, I was like, I mean, I get it in terms of, in terms of coach speaking, you play who's on your schedule, I get that part, but you don't care when the bye is, you don't care if you get one where the team's coming to Soldier Field late December, January, that doesn't matter at all, and so, you know, uh, South Jason leisure too, he followed up with a good question that got, a, that got a little bit better answer out of him, but then, you know, Coach Fluce did come up to me right after the press conference, and shake my hand, and say I didn't mean anything about it. I was like, "No, that's cool." I didn't take it personally. I was just surprised.
1: But. Yeah. So here, let let's hear let's hear the interaction, and then by the way, I'll give you the whole lowdown of how you can become a major fan of the Windy City Podcast. But since we're talking about this, here it is, uh, Herb to Fluce uh, last week at OTAs. By the way, we'll get to be out there tomorrow for another uh, uh, stirring rendition of OTAs. But here, here, here's Herb asking Coach Fluce about the schedule.
0: Your initial, what were your initial thoughts on the schedule when you started? These home games, road games, when the buy is, those types of things. Doesn't matter. it Does not matter. I could care less. It doesn't matter to your eyes. It's
2: in December. it's the latest.
0: No, nope. it doesn't buy. matter. It is what it is, and we got to play. The, we got to play the schedule. So, uh, but you look at it uh, as a football coach. What you do is you look at it and you say, okay, you know, there's certain breaks in the schedule when you have a bye week that late. Well. When can you get the guys a break? You know, and the scheduling of it's very important because you want to get your guys fresh into the game. So you're certainly looking at that. We're putting that together as we speak. Um, you know, the training camp schedule and what we're going to operate during the season. So, but in terms of y- your your question, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You got to play the schedule. You see what I'm saying? But um, but you do look at it. It's an important thing
1: oh oh <laughs> you do look at it you Isn't do look a... at it it is an important
0: thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah but but hey I'm gonna be tough guy fluce here listen I am I am creating a chemistry a culture we are not going to get knocked off by things that do not matter and whenever we play the Packers whenever we play the Lions right flu is just head down let's do this we're the Chicago Bears which hey I appreciate that fluce right
0: know yeah, I, I can appreciate that it makes a lot of sense for a coach he's trying to come in he's trying to set his culture he's got a young nucleus of guys and he wants them to you know kind of do things his way and see things his way i understand that completely but i think that sometimes you can just go a little you can get so bogged down in coach speak that you just don't make common sense it's like coach i get what you're saying but the schedule it does matter it is kind of important is it front loaded is your home schedule front loaded, back back loaded? those type, those things matter and and you know he 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 got a little coach speaky, but then He came around. Okay, it matters a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he 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 literally floats in and out of coach speak. Like there's some times where I feel like I'm getting the real flus, and then there's other times where it's just like, okay, please don't turn into Matt Nagy or Mark Trestman or whoever uh, Bears coach you want to name. Where it's just painful. I I and I also don't get. It's not that hard to be a human being and communicate with the media. It just, but really for whatever reason, it, it's like a mystery for these guys, right? Hey, uh, we would have preferred the bye week a little bit earlier, Herb. To be honest with you, uh, but you know our guys are uh, simple. Yeah, I mean that that would have been sweet, and uh, you know I, I like that we got the Packers early. I think that's you know it's going to be a challenge whenever you play them, but I, I like playing in week two, kind of just see where we're at, something like that. No advantages are going to be gained. We're out. We're good.
0: You no harm, no harm, no foul. And simply yeah. saying, you know, with a young team, it would have been nicer to have a bit of an earlier buyer. you know, any of the things you mentioned, like that's that's it. I mean, nobody's asking you to give away state secrets here, coach. But just <laughs> what what you think of your South Carolina? I don't think nothing. We play what we play. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, the so do, uh,
1: do Windy City Bears podcast, we're live on YouTube every Monday at five extra episodes uh, throughout most weeks. We'll have one this week, uh, with OTAs tomorrow. I'll be out at Hallis Hall. I'm assuming Herb her will be there too. The audio yeah. podcast comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at the car and follow Herb, uh, at Herb Howard 411. Any Bears questions left on social media on any platform. Uh, will be responded to. We appreciate you checking out the Windy City Bears podcast. Now, let's go to uh, the news of the weekend, news of the day. Uh, Bleacher Report, Scott, is it, I don't know, Scott, Scott Polasek, whoever he is, did a hell of a job uh, talking to Justin Fields. And a lot of interesting stuff in here, Herb. I mean, uh, to me, what stands out is how much, the bears are really making an effort to be on team fields. Like they, they have, they've almost tripped over themselves at time. Justin Fields is the hardest worker in here. If I'm another Chicago bear, I might take a little bit of offense to that. Like, Hey, hold on a second here. I'm, I'm lifting weights. I'm studying film too. Right. Uh, right. Justin, Justin Fields cares more than anybody. Well, hold on a second. Lila. Like, you telling, you telling me that, uh, Name a Chicago Bear. Maybe Montgomery doesn't care. He, he doesn't care as much. Like, like, come on, dude. Uh, you, you know, even even guys who don't look like they care at times. Eddie Jackson probably doesn't like that comment. Uh, and I'm not saying that Eddie doesn't care. I'm just saying he had a bad year last year. That's all I'm saying. Bears fans. Uh, hopefully, facts it'll be facts. better this year. You're right. That, exactly. Facts are facts. But uh, you know, I I thought uh, that. Listen, they're they're out. They're all. I got a bunch of quotes here, but let me just read one for you. they're they're out golfing together. Um, we're spending a little time together. This is Field's talking. We actually went golfing. just kind of getting to know these guys away from the facility and getting to know them on a personal level was awesome. Uh, no one be nobody can be upset with this, right?
0: No I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's it's nice to keep praise upon your young quarterback. Listen if the bears seek to turn this thing around as quickly as possible he's going to have to be good like if, if if you get to the end of the 24 25 season you're like he's not the guy we got to reset then everybody, we're going to start this thing all over again. And so if they're going to be good, it's going to be with him at quarterback. And so I think that it's good to kind of, you know, heap that him. I think they started out very, very early with it. When they announced Ryan Pose and Matt Eberflus as the new general management head coach, they had Justin Fields in the building. He was the only player there to kind of represent them and, and, and give his thoughts on that. I thought that was very telling just in general, just to have him there on that particular day. But I think since then going forward, they have been intentional about, know talking about his work ethic and talking about you know how early he gets into the building how late he stays those types of things I think it's kind of par for the course with the quarterback You're going to get more praise than you deserve and probably more blame than you deserve too but I think it's good to hear so far and I think that you know if he can continue to be uh viewed that way not only by his coaches but by his teammates that bodes well for the Bears so
1: do you find any of it off Herb like do we really need to Praise, like polish the, the massage the quarterback as 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 detailed as the Bears are going. Like it's almost to me like, are you worried about this guy? Is is mm. is, is like you you have to do you have to is it's we got the kid gloves on here. We really got to praise him to get his mind right. Have you had that thought at all?
0: Yeah, I have thought about it, but just in in my observations of Justin last year, he doesn't seem to be a fragile kid. He doesn't seem to be. Uh, mentally weak in that way. I think he's he's able to handle kind of the ebbs and flow of a season, especially a, a rookie season that had its ups and downs. And so I don't think that he is you know that kind of emotionally fragile where they have to kind of coddle him and say, "Hey, we're gonna praise you and keep he, these praise on. you gotta make sure you're feeling good. It doesn't seem to be that type of uh, athlete. And so, you know, I don't know that it's necessary, but I won't blame him for it at this you know, honeymoon phase, if you will. Let, let,
1: let me see the one quote, Richard, on, on the culture that 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 uh, the honeymoon phase that we're trying to get into here, because uh, I, I think this is interesting. Look, Fields, look, we're we're ju- we're, we're kind of just trying to reculture or get the culture in the building. I don't think our culture was the best culture last year, so working with the new staff, everybody is just buying in. We got a lot of new people in. That's just uh, just creating a foundation for years to come. That's really the most exciting thing about it. It's been awesome working with the new coaches and uh, working with my new teammates. Okay, so he just he's calling it out. It sucked last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I did not know that I was going to be the starting quarterback, so I had to be the rookie, so to speak, and, and not overstep my bounds, and then moronically i'll say it just like that andy dalton gets hurt after week two this guy's not ready to play you didn't get him ready to play and now we're going to throw him out there against the cleveland browns who eat quarterbacks alive with no game plan and he's going to have net one yards passing because you just didn't you you put him in a horrible position and and there it is you know there there's the culture or the, the result of the culture and everything that was going on last year
0: Yeah, and we've heard some of those things, too, going back to Nick Foles and his time, you know, starting in in 2020. And he, you know, kind of talked about, you know, some of the issues that was going on with that offense. And, you know, he kind of tiptoed around some of the things, just reading between the lines. You can tell that he was, you know, very critical of some of the culture that the Bears had going on. With that being said, I don't think it was necessary for Justin to say that. I think anybody who observed the team or anybody who simply realized that the entire regime got fired can understand that the culture probably wasn't what it needed to be. And so I don't think that he needed to say that, per se. Um, I think that he just needs to prepare himself to have the best season possible. And Matt Maggie and the culture and all those things can be true. But at the end of the day, he's going to be judged on how well he plays football this year and every year going forward. And so he can kind of just let that go. He didn't have to go back and, and take any, you know, parting shots at them. I don't know. I don't know if he was doing it intentionally or maliciously, but it just wasn't necessary. He didn't, he didn't have to say that. We all knew that.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose I, I didn't hate him saying it, like, but it, it is a little bit like if if you're going down that route, it's okay, so now you're you're telling everybody that Nagy and company sucked and the culture sucked. And but and before that, like here he is, like and and this is today's modern athlete, I have no problem with it, but like some old school folks are like you don't need to go on Instagram to show me that you're working out in Atlanta, you're doing what you should be doing. You're right, you're right. you know that's that's what guys do. So there's, there's some of like, hey, don't put this on me because uh, that's not fair. But he he, he can kind of, I don't know, like, like, I just, you know, know it. Just know, You don't have to tell anyone. Like, just know what happened and, and know what you're going to do, right?
0: Yeah, and just go ball and ball next year. Everybody will know that it wasn't on you. But anybody who followed the team understood that he was not put in the best position to succeed. If you come out all spring long, you're talking about, you know andy's going to be our starter and it's going to be number one just will be number two and that's how it's going to be then fine right i'm, I'm not saying that's the right decision or the wrong decision but if that's the, if that's the decision that you made stick to it right and don't let you know outside influences or fan pressure or media pressure or a, a bump of a bruise here change your plan completely because we were out there at training camp he wasn't getting any reps with the one reps with the starting offensive line with the starting receivers he was mostly working with the twos and threes and so then you go in a couple weeks into the season and say, "Okay, throw him in the fire." It's like that—that that wasn't necessarily fair to him. So no, he wasn't put in the best position to succeed. I just—I don't think he needed to say it. Just show him ball, and we'll all know what happened.
1: Right. You got fans coming in in the chat here. Candice uh, is a big fan of yours, Herb. Uh Apparently, okay. uh, I mean, not—not not just like second best, not—not not tops. The best in the business. Hashtag it's us. Uh So that—that's—that's that's some big time well, respect thank you, coming your way. Yeah, thank you, Candace. Appreciate you checking out the Wendy, and I appreciate your love for Herb. And that's you. Not everybody gets an invite to this podcast. Damn it! I you, I, I went big time. Is that a little whiskey you got in there? What do you got flowing there? Oh, I love what you're doing.
0: It's swatter, water, Carm.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I thought I, I thought <laughs> I I thought I saw a good afternoon happening. I, I, stay hydrated, right here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. All right. Um, let let me let let me let me actually do a quote that's kind of interesting on the field. This one coming from Troy Aikman. Uh, Now over at ESPN doing Monday night football and uh, Aikman, of course, you know, started out the Cowboys went through coordinator after coordinator before they found, you know, their way. And so that's what's going on in Chicago again, fields with a whole different coaching staff in year two. And so here, here comes Troy. Uh, Can you be successful? There will be discussions as I'm sure there already have been in Chicago about fields having to learn a new offense, a new scheme, those kind of things but it's only problematic if they bring in someone who's not good. They bring in an offensive guy who's good, who can coordinate that offense and get the best out of the players they have. Then it's a good move. So uh, Aikman basically saying, Hey, Luke Getzey, if you're good at your job, then this, this can work. If, if you're not good at your job, then we're, we're further, uh, causing problems for the quarterback. Uh, I, I think that shows, you know, a decent amount of confidence in, in and, and maybe a little reassuring to Bears fans that, that, that this could be OK, Herb, like, hey, hey, look, yeah, OK, it's another system. But like if, if it's actually if they got if they hired the right guy, this could be great for the Bears and great for Fields.
0: Yeah, I think that you look at Justin Fields, you can see that he has all the tools. Physically, he has the tools. He has the arm. He has the mobility. He can make plays with his legs. We've seen him make some really spectacular throws, put the ball up over the linebackers, down in front of the safeties. We've seen him make those types of throws. Now we're just looking for that consistency. And can somebody put him in position to succeed on a a regular basis? And I think that is about the offensive coordinator. Fortunately, so far, and what I've heard from Coach Getze is that he is going to find come in and and make his offense um, tailored to fit his players and I think that sometimes you get these coaches who are so stubborn and they believe in their system so heavily that they want the players to fit into the system and that's that's not the way you want to do it you want to kind of tailor your system to the players that you have and it's fine I think that that was one of the downfalls of Matt Nagy I think he tried so hard for so long to duplicate that Chiefs offense and that's it's a great offense I'm not mad at the offense but you don't have Patrick Mahomes, and you don't have Cheetah, and you don't have Travis Kelsey, and so you can't do it that way. That doesn't mean you can't win football games. You just have to do it in a different way, and so hopefully Luke Getzey will not try and create an exact replica of an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, but do something that will allow Justin Fields to be successful.
1: Uh, he, he said the same stuff, basically, like, hey, we don't have Odell, we don't have Cooper Cup on our team, but at the end of the day, I think if everybody is quote, on their P's and Q's and we're, we're on top of everything not making mistakes – The players we have right now are good enough. This was Fields talking to Bleacher Report once again. And I thought the most interesting thing in that quote, the front office thinks that, too, the fans, Carm, Herb, outside of the Mm -hmm, professionals, mm -hmm. outside of the facility, they don't know what's going on at practice. Just because we don't have a big-name guy doesn't mean those guys aren't talented. I have plenty of confidence in myself and my teammates that we're going to get the job done. So backing his guys, backing himself. Uh,
0: Good. I, hey,
1: let's go. Yeah.
0: He's got he's got to do that. He's got to back his guys. He's got to make them feel like he believes in them. And he's got to also talk about the confidence that he has in himself because truth be told, he's, he is going to have to compensate for the fact that they don't have a whole lot of weapons around him. Now, could some of those guys develop in surprises? Sure. And could they play well enough for the Bears to be competitive and successful? Sure they can. But they still are not elite level number one receivers. None of them. That's no shot to Donnell Mooney or Pringle or any of those guys. Um, but they don't have elite level uh weaponry on the outside, and so he's gonna have to kind of compensate for that. But they can certainly find ways to still be successful.
1: Well, and Trevor Simeon was asked about the scheme that they're gonna be playing and how it's quarterback friendly last week. And he's like, and, and then there was a follow up like, is can the scheme really you know make that big of a difference? Or, you know, is it talent? He's and he's like, he kind of thought about it for a second. He's like, Well, I mean, talent matters. You, right. you can't i mean you're not going to throw me and you out there in this great it's scheme and it's gonna it's not gonna happen so <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean we we can yeah ahead, saying, I've, never seen, I've, I've never i've never seen a a i've never i've never seen a great coach win without with with bad i mean you know what i mean you can yeah. you can come say but ultimately you got to have those horses on the field and so you know, you need
1: guys. You need guys. Right. And and I'm not saying that Justin Fields isn't a guy. Maybe he's going to be a really good guy, although I do fall under the – I think you're a little more optimistic than I am. Like, I I, mm. I, I, I think he may be, uh, but I think he might not be. I'm not sure. I, I, the, the, the way I – and I, I know that – listen, the, the talent is there, the work ethic is there, all that is there, I, I guess. But I, I do I, – I just – I guess my biggest concern is when I look at Ohio State and I see – Three guys getting drafted, 10, 11, and 12 in this year's draft. I mean, he really had a, a sweet setup uh, yeah. in college where he yeah. put up huge numbers. And this is a stupid comment by me. I'm going to out myself. This is a moronic comment. But uh, just be like, there is no history, none, of any quarterbacks coming out of Ohio State and being successful. So that that concerns me just a little bit. And aside from the fact that what we saw last year, and I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. He was not set up to succeed. But I just the whole concept that like trust me he's got this like I I can't get myself quite there yet and that's that's also yeah. bears based in their ability to evaluate and this is a Ryan Pace quarterback that's another thing where he got he got it wrong, got it wrong every time. Mm-hmm.
0: you you didn't like the Craig Krenzel era in Chicago that, <laughs> so, you, that, that, you didn't you, you weren't I, a fan of that
1: I mean I mean who's the best quarterback <laughs> from Ohio State Arch Leister uh, like like it's it's not it, it's it's just not a good list um no, it's not. It's so uh, but that that shouldn't matter like it, it no it, but, I, it, but
0: I do I do think it's telling in terms of you know the fact that he did have such elite level talent around him so it was dropped back and one of my guys is going to beat one of your guys because they're just better. And so I think that we've kind of seen that in Justin's development so far. I think that he's gotten to the space where he understands exactly what's happening to him pre-snap. But I think post-snap is the is the, is the area where he needs to grow in terms of his next development. What, what happens to him post-snap? How quickly can he decipher what he's seeing post-snap and then go and make the throw? Because at Ohio State, I don't really have to change my mind post-snap. Pre-snap, Olave's one-on-one. We're good here, okay? We don't we don't have to change that. And so now you get NFL, and you how do you reconcile what you thought you saw pre snap versus what actually happened post snap? And can you do that quick enough to find the answer? And do that? That'll be certainly the next step in his development.
1: Right, and they're trying to make it easier on him, or just get him more solid as far as his footwork. We've seen comments about that this yeah, off season, yeah. and, and we keep on hearing about uh, the new zone blocking scheme, which uh, the Bears are going to try to be more athletic up front. Their offensive linemen are not going to blow you off the ball, but they can move better than most offensive lines. Plus, there's a ton of competition here. I'm trying. I'm speaking optimistically right now, so right, maybe right. you know, maybe maybe the offense uh, will just be will flow better will be easier to digest uh and i don't want to take any uh chips off the table that justin fields can't whatever function uh and understand the most complex offense out there there's no there's cool. no ev- there's no evidence that he can't do that either um but i I just you know listen last year was rough so we, we just we need to see a little bit more uh but uh one more comment from him. i'm more comfortable this year this is, again, the Bleach Report. I kind of know what's coming and what to expect. Me not knowing if I'm going to be the leader of the team or not last year compared to this year means a whole different mindset. Just comfortably and knowing that I'm going to be the guy and that this is my team is definitely a different mindset as I try to be a leader for everybody on the team. So, listen, you've been here a year. You know the drill. You know how it goes. Um you, you don't get to this position in life without being able to handle pressure. The guy played in the biggest games, championship games at Ohio state. So you he, he, listen, he's easy he, and whatever he went to Georgia before that, the, the, the dude can handle the, the right. limelight. So, uh, you know, settling in, knowing you're the guy, you know, some guys, you know, that, that might be like, whoa, I'm not ready for this. He doesn't seem to sound – he doesn't sound like that at all. It's like, okay, no. this is my team. I'm going to lead my guys. I'm going to be the first one in. I'm going to be the last one out. Me and Darnell Mooney are going to watch videos till 1230 in the morning. God bless them. I mean, you know, okay. Uh, you know, I, I am 1,000% like – you know, there's there's no there's no nothing unlikable about Justin Fields. If no. Baker if Baker Mayfield was here, I might, there might be part of me that might be rooting up against that guy for how he <laughs> conducted himself. I don't have that with Fields. Like I, I hope you can do this. Uh, you know, so there's so there's I I'm willing to whatever. Uh, just just appreciate that 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 him settling in could be a big deal I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: yeah yeah you you want him to succeed. you want him to succeed I think he has again all the tools I think he has the mental makeup to be able to succeed as well but I think you just got to see it and even talking about you know coming in this year knowing that he's a leader on the team and you know trying to be a leader and maybe changing some of the way that he went about his business last year and I I, I kind of wish that wasn't the case I mean I just be you so if that's who you are then be that person last year too you know what I mean so I just regardless of the position that you are put in. Again, we've already acknowledged that they didn't put him in the best position to succeed on the field right away. Um, but just, you know, in terms of how you show up to work, how you go about your business, how you motivate and interact with your teammates, that should be the same, whether you are starting or the backup or whatever. And so, you know, I think that he, he, has, a, he has a great opportunity in front of him. The organization is clearly showing a lot of faith in him. No, he doesn't have a lot of weapons around him. He has a good, pretty good backfield behind him. They can figure out how to get that you know, outside zone scheme going and try to figure out how to, you know, just play ball control football and manage manage the game that way and, and you know, try and make sure that you win time of possession and win the turnover differential, then they'll have a chance to be in some games late. But I, I think it's going to be a grind for him. And I think that, you know, he, he'd probably be better served just, just getting to work and going out there and balling more so than talking about, you know why and how he's going to be so much better this year than he was last year
1: yep 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 and by the way i, I hope he does not get graded on wins and losses but more how he plays if the yeah. if, if, if he plays great and and the bears lose I, i'm almost thinking that to me at least that's the ideal scenario for this year because if, mm-hmm. if if the offense gets going and they win somewhere between call it four to six games get a high draft pick and be able to get him mm-hmm. a playmaker with him going into year 3 and he's figured out the offense plus all the money they have available to spend. Yeah. Now you're talking about a team that can maybe do something next year. So if you know if you go 8 and 9 9 and 8 and now you're drafting 16 17 18 you know I I'd not ra- I'd rather, it's not ideal. I I'd, I'd rather be closer to the bottom. Yeah. As, as long as he's growing. I don't want him to suck and then yeah. to get a hype because then you're then where are you now 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 you're thinking about do I need to draft a quarterback
0: uh, yeah i think is... they, they they're going to have a lot more resources next year they're going to have a lot more cap space they'll have their full allotment of draft picks and so they'll have an opportunity i think their their window will open next year i don't think it'll open you know fully to where they'll they'll legitimately be super bowl contenders but i expect them to try to 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 be in the playoffs next year maybe even win a game once they get there and i think that that'll kind of open their window i think their legitimate super bowl window will be 20 25 those last two years of justin's rookie deal if, if they can continue on that trajectory then those two years legitimate window to win before you have to decide okay are we giving him 300 million or are we hitting the reset button again and so you know ideally you you'd hope he's a winner and you go ahead and give him the money but once you give him the money then it kind of takes away what you can do in a lot of other positions so i think you want to win in, in, in his rookie deal obviously but i think that you know this year is going to be a bit of a grind. I think there is a formula for success for the Bears. I think it starts on the defense, and then it, and then it continues. It carries on into the running game, and if they can do those things, they can find their way into that kind of purgatory state that you mentioned in the, where you're mentioning, where you kind of just stuck in the middle. You're not at the bottom, you're not at the top, and it's like, oh, you you end up around eight and nine, nine and eight, that kind of thing. That's not ideal, but I think that this it, um, it could be a positive sign that they're competing. And I think that if you go out and maybe you spend the money, money on the right receiver and then you still find a good play around one. So we'll, we'll have to see but I do think there's a formula for success for the Bears.
1: So that that you just laid out a, an unbelievable scenario and you just talked about like a Super Bowl window which has not been discussed here in, in, in quite some time. So <laughs> so, the, so so that was just fun to even even consider. Uh I you I think you're more optimistic on the defense than me. Who's really? getting to the quarterback Herb and and there's rumblings now that uh uh hey maybe uh how is his name am i spacing on uh who got to the quarterback a ton last year That's...
0: robert quinn yeah robert quinn. Uh,
1: there we it's it, it's been a monday so yeah the robert quinn. quinn doesn't necessarily want to be here uh which is a little bit off after his you know first year being so bad and the bears you know going through that and and now you don't want to be here because the bears are no one's really saying it but are in this rebuild uh but if i mean and I would trade Robert Quinn, give me whatever draft picks I can get. Let's, let's, let's go forward. But I mean, who's getting to the quarterback for this defense to be successful?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a key, right? And I think that if you, if you hold on to Robert Quinn, then you're hoping that he can give you some semblance of the season he gave you last year. Certainly you don't expect uh, him to ex- extend the, the bear single season sack record or anything like that. But if you can get a similar type uh presence from him this year, where he's constantly consistently applying pressure in the backfield I think he can help you. I think that Travis Gibson is, is, is prime to take another step forward as well. I think he'll get more opportunities and with that, I think that he should ascend and just take another, another step forward. That being said, I think that when you talk about, you know, having this cover two off defense, those two interior guys are really, really important. I I don't know that they're going to get the push that they need, you know, from the middle. And I think that that's, that's going to be, you know, just as important as anything. I know they signed Justin Jones and and maybe you know he can be that guy for you but you need a really really uh you need a difference maker at that three take for the for that cover two to work and i don't know that they have that harris Tungum, he's a strong kid he may be able to hold up for you at the point of attack in the running game but in terms of applying pressure i don't know you're going to have to hope that it comes from robert quinn trevis gibson maybe they'll they'll dial up some pressures with roquan smith and morrow and then on the back end you got to hope that those two kids are ready to play right and so uh, you, you need you certainly need Kyler Gordon to take over that number two corner spot. But then whoever is the strong safety, whether it's Jaquan Briscoe or even Elijah Hicks, I like that kid too, You know, whoever's at that spot um, is going to have to play well. And I think that if they can get that together, and I don't know that I'm very optimistic about the defense. I'm just saying that, that is, that's the shortest road to success for them. right? If, if yeah. you can get the defense together, that's quicker than hoping that that offensive line is going to come together and that that group of wide receivers is going to make some plays. And so I, I think that – um, I don't know that I'm very optimistic that the defense can do it, but I, I'm just saying that that is their shortest uh, road to success.
1: Fair enough. And the the Larry O'Kunjobi saga uh, was a it was a huge huge loss. I mean, the, the dude. Uh, I mean, he was coming off an injury, so I don't know how they thought he was going to actually step in. But a, a player yeah. like that uh, exactly. would have been huge for this defense in year one of the, of, of the fluce train. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about the defense. We'll get off fields here, uh, Herb. What do you do? You, does Roquan have to prove anything more? to this regime that he is worthy of a five-year, call it roughly $100 million contract?
0: In my mind, he doesn't. I think he he possesses everything that you're looking for in terms of a player. He's he's consistently on the field. He shows up. He's always running the ball. I think his skill set lends very well to the scheme that they want to run, whether they put him at Mike or they put him at Will. I think his speed, his ability to get sideline to sideline, his instincts, his burst kind of make plays in the backfield and get some tfls i think he's shown you everything that you would want to see from a linebacker he also seems to be a pretty good leader uh, he always shows up he never really kind of hides and, and you know um ducks any accountability for what's going on so i think that he he's shown himself to be a really really good leader and a foundational piece that you could build upon and so i think that uh they should probably go ahead and, and get him locked up if that's in their plans if it's not i'd be surprised
1: Roquan representing himself. Go Roquan. I would not want to do that. Sit in that room. Uh, but good for him. And it listen, I'm with you. Have you watched the Bears play defense? Have you seen that guy flying around the field? Have you seen uh, how violent he plays? I mean, uh, what, what have you seen the rest of his defense? I don't think you want to necessarily sign guys because you're, you know, because you you don't have anything right. else. But but the Bears need Roquan. Uh, and he's enter he's entering his prime. I mean, to me, this is a no-brainer. It sounds like it's going to get done too. The the rumblings definitely are pointing that way. So, uh, hey, Roquan, you you've earned this. Let's go, uh, Nick Foles out the door. Uh, our our, our number nine. <laughs> what
0: are we gonna do now?
1: Uh, yeah well hold (laughs) hold on a second her the best game was started by any bears quarterback last year was nick damn folds unfortunately for the bears uh the win over seattle was uh, i mean i mean objectively it's it's the best game they had i didn't uh, for the record like i I don't know if they they looked at nick as kind of that at least part of the chemistry issues that justin was talking about Uh, i didn't I mean, to me, Nick was like an honest guy in that room that I that was like a normal person, and and was. and the, right and, and and Nagy and company were the problem. But they' but they just had to have Trevor Simeon and ended up, you know, releasing Nick because nobody would trade from. Good job, Indianapolis, waiting this one out. You get him for free on a two-year deal.
0: Yeah, I think that Nick Foles, you know, is a is a, is a guy who's got a lot of experience. He's seen it all, and I think that certainly in a spot in a pinch, he can come in and get you a spot start here or there and be successful for you. But I think that. You know, the Bears probably thought that it was just better to, to to move on from him. And hopefully they were trying to get a, a seventh round pick or something like that. That never materialized. Like you said, shout out to the coach for not doing that because <laughs> that's the guy you wanted. You knew eventually they were going to have to get rid of him. So we'll just, you know, sign him. He's familiar with the system over there, so he would probably want to go anyway. So uh, that makes sense for, for the coach and it makes sense for Nick Foles. But, you know, I think uh, the Bears moving on from that, I understand it. I I don't feel very good about their backup quarterback position. Now, hopefully they don't need a backup quarterback, right? But we've all seen how many shots um, Justin Fields takes. He likes to get out in the pocket. He likes to do all those crazy spin moves and get shots in his back and shots in his rib. And so, um, you know, I'd imagine at some point he's going to be on the sideline, whether that's for a drive or a quarter or a game. And I don't know that Trevor Simeon is the guy you want on the field.
1: I mean, right, let's let's have a deep argument on the backup quarterback, most popular guy on the roster. Better quarterback, Foles or Simeon? I mean, I, to me, it's Foles. I, yeah, I, I, I
0: agree. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, no I, 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 I agree, but I just think that, you know, th- it depends on like kind of like where you are, right? And so if they don't feel like that they find the most value in having a veteran back... I think you need a veteran backup when you are a team like the Colts who have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations and say, okay, if our star goes down can somebody carry us through a game or two or win us a playoff game in a pinch or whatever it may be. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's the bear situation per se. And so they probably, you know, felt the best to just go younger and, and, and let Justin do his thing.
1: So that's an interesting angle, by the way, listen, if this guy goes down, the last thing we want is some veteran coming in here and winning us <laughs> games and moving us up that. in the draft. We don't. We don't need that. You, on the other hand, we know you're going to be a good soldier. You're going to be get along, Trevor Simeon. You're you you're you're not going to think you're you belong on the field ever. Uh, and 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 I hate that. Listen, uh, I I do a lot of WGN radio with Northwestern. Tre- Trevor, I appreciate you. Uh, even though I had no idea you were this good at Northwestern, because at the time, uh, if we're going deep into uh, north Northwestern, the dude was he was he was splitting time uh um, with Kane Coulter who I, and every time Kane Coulter went off the film like put Kane back in there what are you doing Pat Fitzgerald uh but turns out they have a had a I don't know 10 year NFL quarterback it looks like he's going to be uh, on the You're roster right. um all right let, let me let me uh my 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 normal monday partner my normal dewindy partner uh, patrick schmidt he he got uh, a little drunk and, and predicted the bears to win 11 games when we did the schedule show and, but and my other former radio guy, uh, you know, on the big national scene here, first things first, who has knows nothing about basketball and is just getting crushed today for his uh, prediction that the Mavs were going to beat the Warriors, uh, Nick Wright, he also has the Bears winning 11 damn games. So, Herb, how many games are the Bears going to win this year? I mean, what's the, there's some optimism out there from at least a couple of pockets.
0: I'll have what they're having. Um, <laughs> I think right? that uh, – I think when I looked at the schedule, I saw on the low end, six wins. On the high end, I did see there is a way that they can win 11 games, but that was the most optimistic view that I could possibly give it after I went over the schedule a couple of times. So realistically, I think they'll probably fall somewhere in the middle of that. So I'm thinking eight and nine, nine and eight. I'll I'll, I'll go eight and nine and say that's probably where they're going to come in. And I know know You were saying that's probably the worst case scenario, and I I don't disagree with you on that, that the Bears formula for success. Again, it's about whether or not they can be honest with themselves about who they are, right? They come in, they like, hey, we do have number one receivers on the outside, and we do have a great offensive line, and we can seven step drop and throw this thing around. If they come in here acting like that, then they'll probably win three or four games. But if they come in understanding exactly who they are and say, hey, we're going to have to lean on our defense, play good special teams protect the ball run the ball dominate the time of possession those types of things just kind of win games 17 13 21 17 10 to 3 whatever it may be it doesn't have to be sexy there's more than one way to skin a cat you can win football games a lot of different ways if they they figure out their formula and execute it i can see them coming in at nine and eight but i'll go eight and nine right now
1: so and I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen because I do think we're going to have an overflous first year. I'm I'm buying in. They are going to go about their business the right way. They are going to play extremely hard. I think the character that uh, that they have brought into this club is is obvious. Like I, I think that the way they're identifying different guys, Lucas Patrick, whoever you want to name, that really are going to squeeze every bit of juice out of uh, you know their talent. Uh, so I could see the Bears overachieving a little bit here in, in year one, and uh, and doing that eight and nine, nine and eight thing. Uh, you know, football season is a crazy thing. We'll we'll see about guys getting hurt and all that stuff, and, and Fields progressing. But you but never, it, it, no, the
0: schedule the schedule's favorable too. I mean, they go to New York it twice to get the Jets, they get the Giants. They always get, get the Lions twice. They get the Texans. You know, you got a, you got some winnable games on your schedule. So if you can get if you can get two from the Lions and maybe you get two from the teams in New York and you get the Texas and maybe you can bank five to start with and see if you yeah. can go about splitting with the Vikings or maybe you can get one from Dallas or something like you know just Miami. try to go about and, and, yeah Miami and, and you can and then now you're creeping up around that eight win thing so I think that's kind of where they'll come in at. They'll lose twice to the Packers. You know, they'll probably lose to the Patriots. Like, But, you know, they'll lose at least one to the Vikings. But they they could certainly end up in that 500 range.
1: If there's one game that they win this year, damn it, I hope it's the Patriots game. I want to kick their ass. Uh, that'd but be nice. That, that, that would be a, that'd be a good win. Uh, uh, what's up, uh, Phylon? Appreciate you jumping in around the chat. Uh, loving, loving the Herb appearance. Hey, uh, all right. I just want to uh, get away from the Bears for just one second, even though this is a Bears podcast. Because huge news uh, over the weekend with the White Sox and the Yankees, and and Josh Donaldson, uh, saying what's going on, Jackie to Tim Anderson. Uh, listen, I, I've I've put out my thoughts on on Twitter, uh, and I just find the I find. I find the whole thing to be extremely offensive, but, you know, Herb as a black man. You can speak to this a lot better than I can. Uh, And I don't, I don't know if you can put yourself exactly in Tim's shoes, but if you're on that field and somebody says that to you, uh, you know, how do you think you would have taken it?
0: Well, I, I I would, I would have been offended. Right. And I've heard things come out, you know, about, you know, there's, there's this history with Tim Anderson and having this nickname and him and Donaldson have done this thing back and forth. And I don't, I don't know what's true or not true on that, right? But I do know that Tim came out and said that he was offended by it. I know Donaldson said he didn't mean it to be offensive or anything like that. I just think that for black people, right? And I I was watching ESPN this morning, I was watching um, Stephen A. Smith and Marcus Spears talk about it. And both of them were completely forgiving and 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 they excuse donaldson and say "Hey, i don't think there's any i don't think there was any malice here i don't think he's racist or anything like that and maybe he's not i don't i don't know the guy right but i think that black people far too often in my estimation give everybody else at least we talk about these talking heads give everybody else passes when we don't get that same luxury we don't get that same benefit of the doubt and i don't you can or pick another Community. Pick another subset of our society. You talk about the LGBTQ community or Jewish community. Like you, like it doesn't matter how you meant it. Say something out of your mouth about the LGBTQ community and see if they don't come down on your head. They will. And 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 because of that, they have been able to advance, and advance their objective. And I think that black people just kind of need to be on code. And so when I hear somebody like Stephen A. Smith, who's you know maybe the most notable black voice in Right now, it's like, hey, the fact that this is a possibility, I'm not saying he did or he didn't, but play on code, if you will, like other groups have been able to do to advance their agenda.
1: I hear you. And... It's like an odd spot for me because I don't want to be the guy on Twitter who's like because you know people are yelling at me you're just trying to get followers it's like hey dude uh, I I'm not I'm not sure I'd like more followers so would everybody right. else out there but I, I also I also want my thoughts right. on what's right in society out there too uh, and, and and so if I pick up twenty followers it, it's it's more important that I you know feel like I, I'm I'm doing my my smallest of parts to advance what I think matters and for listen. You're not friends with Tim Anderson. You're not on his team. You all, y'all, never play together. You don't get to. Yeah. You, you don't get to say like, "Well, he called himself Jackie, so I can." That that is the most messed up logic I've ever heard. That
2: yeah, uh, doesn't work.
1: It it doesn't work like that, dude. And, and another thing, after the fact that, that that Tim comes out and he says that I'm pissed. If it, oh oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean I, right. I, I I did not mean that. Uh, I, I get that I was wrong. I accept my one-game measly suspension for Major League Baseball. Can we get to three? How about right. five? You know, right. I accept it. I, I'm appealing. Dude, I mean, that's just, yeah. it's just BS. Yeah, I think
0: once, once he says he's offended by it, however you meant it doesn't matter, right? You say, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to offend you. I apologize. I can see where I made the mistake. I, I'm sorry, sincerely, but I think that when you go into explaining it away, it's like, why, why are you going that hard to explain it away? You can't, you can't even see how this could be offensive to him. Which and to is, your point uh, about, you know, if, if he does that with his friends or with his teammates or whomever, fine, right? I grew up in the house with five brothers. We said all kind of stuff to each other, right? <laughs> but you can't come, you can't come from outside talking about them like that. Well, that's going to be a problem. You know what right. I mean? And so it's, it's not it's not the same thing. And so I think that, you know, he has to understand that. But I think, again, that, that's that's the point I'm making in terms of, you know, how black people respond to these things. Right. We don't you don't we don't always have to be so forgiving and so like, oh, please. We just, I think we want to be accepted so bad that we just like, yo, OK, I know you didn't mean to her. feelings don't be don't be so hard on him. No, he wouldn't be the same with you if you offended him. So you can take your stand, and say no. You actually did offend me. It's not cool. Don't do that again. I don't mean I hate you. We don't have to fight about it. Or nothing. What you did wasn't cool. I didn't like it. Don't do it again. And then we're all right.
1: Right. Uh, that's that's the most mature way I've ever had heard anybody put it in the last twenty four hours. So i I appreciate you speaking on. I, I don't want, I didn't want to put you in a corner like hey uh, I'm good. you're the black guy on here to talk about this, but like it, it's just been a huge conversation. I, but-
0: I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, and Rob Manfred, you failed on this one. You 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 just did one game and Yankees fans, and then we can stop. What are you booing? Like what? W- come on, man. Like I get it, baseball. It's like we got some old school stuff going on here. Yeah, but yeah. but 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 that you're 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 booing Tim Anderson.
0: Yeah.
1: That that is yeah. messed up. Like that feels like we're straight in the forties and Jackie's actually on the field almost. I mean, we're we're, Some, we're, 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 we're closer to that than we are to what's right. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we get into these spaces and, and, and people's real emotions and feelings bleed all over themselves and they try to hide it or disguise. Hey, I'm not like this. I'm like that. And th- until something comes up and puts them in a position to where you have to show your hand. And then you boot his guy cause he was offended by that. Like that's, right you, you're you you are bleeding all over yourself right now your privilege is, is is leaking everywhere and nobody needs to see it it's
1: it's fine. Exa- that's a great way of putting it your privilege is leaking everywhere and by the way just to the Yankees fans i keep on saying i'm done with this and i have more thoughts popping on my head aaron, aaron boo nailed it brought him said hey listen I, I did not like it i don't like it i i get after talking to josh where he lost a little me a little bit here but he he gets after talking to josh where he was coming from at least a little bit but mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he should have gone there. It is wrong. Now, Aaron, by the way, you need to play him yesterday. He could have, you know, forget about MLB and his suspension. You can be like, listen, uh, you're not going to play. You're not going to play today. And, and 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 let me tell you how I want you to handle this. I want you to apologize to the media and to the team. So it'd be interesting to me how that how that clubhouse handles it because you're telling me yeah. that Aaron Judge and company, see, you know, who, that they, they all love yeah. that comment. There's there's no way they did. There's 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 no. there is so. No. So, uh, any rate, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, are you gonna be out there tomorrow? Little little OTA.
0: Yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely be out there tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing. You know, it just just looking for small incremental signs of progress. And so they, you know, they went from you know rookie minicamp and that was just pretty much just I don't know rolling the ball out there and saying kids have fun or whatever and trying to get them lined up in a line and remember everybody's name. And then you got out there again last week and you kind of saw a little bit something more that slightly rethink that you try to, look to see just a little bit more progression are they implementing more things in the offense are they understanding more things on the defense do you see them flying around are they doing different things you know because i think obviously we're still in t-shirts and shorts and things like that it's hard to really tell but some of the things you can tell okay this thing is kind of coming together they're starting to put more on their plate they're starting to understand things it's not taking so long to get from one drill to the next because at first that that's the that's really the whole purpose of those. First, Can we get from one drill to the next? Can we get in and out of the huddle? And now those things shouldn't be a problem. Now you're starting to look and see what the execution looks like as they run their offense or call different things on their defense.
1: Who... Uh... One of the coolest things i at least from a media standpoint is that we get to talk to the assistant coaches in kind of a powwow thing, which doesn't happen anymore. Nobody cares about this, but I'll just tell you, like it used to be that we could get we could get you our own ideas of information. you could you could sit down with a player one on one and uh, and and get something that nobody else has. Now, now we have these little pods where we can talk to the defensive coaches. so I, I think you can gain some information tomorrow. I don't know if you're excited to talk to anyone in particular, or, or about anyone in particular. I actually need to memorize these guys' names, to be honest, uh, <laughs> as, as to who. But I but it, like you mentioned, one guy, Elijah Hicks. Like I'd like to I'd like to get some thoughts on where he's at. I'd like mm-hmm. to hear what, the, what they're mm-hmm. saying about Brisker, uh, Kyler Gordon. they so so. Mm-hmm. I think there there will mm-hmm. be some some interesting stuff coming out on the defense tomorrow
0: yes it's always nice to be able to talk to the position coaches directly i think you talk to the head coach often enough You talk to the coordinators you know a little bit less often but giving the opportunity to talk to the position coaches who work the most hands-on with these guys gives you a little bit different insight into the specifics in terms of you know their you know physical ability or their mental makeup and i think that you can you can learn a lot by talking to those coaches i was talking to uh the offensive line coach last week because we talked to offensive assistants last week and i just asked them. Is Sam Mustapher too small to succeed at right guard in this league? Like, it's just, you look at him and, you, and he was an undersized center. But to see him at right guard, he looks really undersized. And, you know, coach told me that he doesn't think he's undersized. And he compared him to a guy like Andy Lavitri, who had, who, he, who he had coached in the past. But I, just looking at him, I don't know that that's a guy that, that you can run out there week one at right guard. It's nothing against him. I like Sam Mustafa, He's a smart guy. He understands the game but he's just a little light in the pants at right guard. And I know they want to move their line they want smaller, more athletic linemen and we'll see if that works out. But I think that those are the types of things you can come to understand from talking to the assistants tomorrow. I would like to talk about uh, Dominique Robinson, who's the kid they took in the fifth round to play the end. He was a quarterback in high school. He was a receiver the first two years in college. And now he's the you know, fifth round pick at defensive end. I think that that is a huge transition in a short amount of time. And honestly, when he came in and talked to us, um, in the press conference you looked at him and it's like if he, if he had said hey i'm a wide receiver you have been like yeah, okay I can, I can believe that he doesn't he doesn't necessarily look like a dn and so you know here's a guy I'm, I'm just curious to see you know are you going to try and put him out there and let him be a one-trick pony and say hey just speed rush try to use your bend and bend the corner we'll work on everything else as time goes along we'll work on trying to set uh, an edge in the running game we'll work on trying to get bigger stronger those types of things but for now the speed rush, been the corner. So I'm interested in finding out, you know, what the coaches have seen from him so far.
1: It's a great, it's a great angle because, like, it's high ceiling guy, and uh, which I liked it. Take a big swing. This dude might be an impact defensive player, or or not. But okay, we're we're you're yeah. you're going you're going for best available talent on the board at the time. So I I appreciated that philosophy from Ryan Poles. Herb, man, uh, second time we've had you. Awesome, awesome yeah, conversation today. Really enjoyed it, and uh, let, let's do it again for sure. I'll, I'll see you out there at the old Hallis Hall tomorrow. Comment's
0: a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I'll see you tomorrow. It feels good. You know, that's uh, why I played mostly in college, so uh, it is comfortable. It's nice, and uh, I do look forward to keep on getting these reps at Right Tackle.
1: play wherever they need me. Get in where you fit in.
2: This program was recorded on tape for a live audience.
1: I don't really know how to answer that was coming. So basically you're saying, how do I weigh?
0: Can you ask the again? Can you ask it again? What were, your initial, what were your initial thoughts on the schedule when you started these home games, road games, when the buy is, those types of things? doesn't
2: matter. It does not matter. I could care less. It doesn't matter to your eyes, it's in December That's the Nope.
1: Do you like doing Pilates or is that like torture?
0: <laughs> you ever do a Pilates workout? It is. Yeah, it is. Torture. Oh my God. Oh. So I'm trying to get more uh, cleansed out.
2: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.